I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's beautiful episode is with the gorgeous, intelligent, inspiring Miss Laurie Harder. Laurie is really tremendous. She's a best-selling author of the book a Tribe Called Bliss. Uh, she has been a entrepreneur, a highly successful entrepreneur in the world of health, wellness, fitness, all things making your body mind work better. She's inspired thousands of people all around the world to do so, um, and she's great. She's just a breath of fresh air to be around. This conversation goes in all sorts of interesting directions, uh, emphasizing mind-body connection and um, getting into how to gain some semblance of control around these thoughts swirling around our minds. Um, thank you so much for people tuning in to the website, onlinepodcast.com, A-L-I-G-N podcast.com on there. You can start the 5-Day Movement Challenge. People have been really loving that and appreciate the feedback on it. It's five fundamental movements that everybody ought to have in their daily movement experience and uh, super simple, super easy, super free. Jump on there, linepodcast.com. Uh, thank you so much to human beings for leaving reviews on iTunes. That's how the algorithms know that people are paying attention to this thing, helps boost us up so that more people can hear. Uh, this one comes from Gagey, Gagey007, G-E-G-Y, I'm not really sure. Uh, really enjoy Aaron's podcast, exclamation point. You can tell he genuinely cares about health, happiness, and enriching all of our lives. He's interesting guests and has a great way of getting them to open up. Seems like a cool dude. Thanks so much for that. Um, I think we're good. I wanted to thank Ned for supporting this podcast. Um, Ned is a high-quality CBD company distributing the finest of CBD oils. And um, it's all from single source. It's all cold extracted. The community around it is really, really great, really genuine. I would say they have quite a bit of integrity as far as CBD companies go. Um, So... I dig those guys. If you want to get yourself involved with some of the beneficial effects of uh, CBD, you can jump on to helloned.com slash align. Helloned.com slash align. Get yourself 15% off on your purchase. All right. I think we're good. Uh, I really love this conversation. It starts off pretty bantery and silly, and then we get into some some good stuff. So I hope you dig it. Uh, feel free to reach out to Laurie on the Instagrams or me on the Instagrams. I think she's probably at Laurie Harder. I'm not sure. Anyways, um, I think that's enough. Getting on with it. Um, it's my birthday, by the way. I don't know if that's be any reason that'd be relevant to anyone listening to this. And by the time you listen to this, it won't be my birthday. It'll be the day after my birthday and probably even it could be years after this day of birthday. So that's a silly thing for me to add. All right, here we go. Back to the program. Pow. Align podcast. Are, Are we recording we'll, right now? We'll just start recording right now. Yeah. yeah. How I, is that listening to yourself on your own your own program? I always call podcast program. I, was, I don't know it, why I do that. Like it, an old did you man, watch like PBS? Seventy year old man. It's because of PBS. I think. Did you watch Sesame Street? Uh, yeah, of course. They just talked about programming a lot then. Like, oh yeah. Now right. back to your program. Now I'm just thinking about like conspiracy theory programming. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. my the program. mind's shifted over the years. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. Yeah, you're good on that. Are my doodles good okay. over here? How's the yeah. sound? 
I think the sound is good. Is that accurate? Does it sound good to you? Yeah. I mean, I guess. That's usually where I You're keep it. You're the boss. It, so. You have this a large board. I know. I happening. feel like I should do like this, but it wouldn't work. <laughs> I love that you have 600 switches. I'm sure you only use two Does it make max. me look smarter? <laughs> like, I feel like I should take selfies with it. <laughs> so did you, grow up, did you grow up with a lot of alone time? Um... Like ch- almost chosen alone time because my parents weren't like my family wasn't very active. So for me, and I was such an active kid, like I l- literally remember feeling like such pent up energy. So I would always go off alone always. And we were, so I'm from upper Michigan, um, which is totally the North woods. It's liter- literally called the North woods. So I could just go and get lost in the woods. I'd go down by the lake. Like I just was constantly in the forest and I loved it. Mm. Yeah. How, how's alone? Because that's like a real skill, I think. Yeah. You know, and now because of, and this is crap that I talk about probably way too much. So, um, but social media and the notifications and all the no, ting totally. things, it's almost like creating a handicap around spending mm-hmm. time with yourself because now you have access to something to kind of stir the pot all the time. Oh man. I've been feeling so frustrated lately because of social media. Um, and I'm observing the addiction to it. Number one, number two, I feel I, I see the direct link of my anxiety go up when I'm on the phone a lot. And even sometimes there's times when I have to be on the phone, whether I'm doing something, um, like right now I'm a part of like a social media loop with all of these amazing women, but it came in a time where I was actually trying to do less social media. So for me, it's a good, it's a good way to learn how to still be on the phone and actually set times for me to check it and then to put it down and away from me. Cause I actually feel its energy. Have you ever had your phone by you and you're like, it's st- like, oh, I feel it. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, this, it's ta- It just starts talking to you. It's like, yeah. Yes. No, no I know you like, want to pick me it up. It doesn't like grow lips. No, I, but I can, I can feel the, the drain. And every time yeah. I look at it, like this was, I was talking to a guy called Dr. Alan Christensen, who's mm-hmm. just like one of the smartest people that I've come in contact with, which is great. Mm. Um, and he was talking about in Ayurvedic medicine, Yeah, they perceive kind of the visual images is almost, it's almost like a nutrition, like not literally like sun gazing kind of nutrition, Yeah, which I kind of wonder if perhaps there is something to that. Um, Mm. but it's like, because there's a physiological effect of everything that we're looking at. Yeah. You know, so the similar way, if you drink chamomile tea has a physiological effect, if you drink coffee, it has another, has another effect. There's no way that it couldn't because every single thought you have creates a chemical in your body that you absorb. So if you have negative thoughts around it, then you're like, yeah, then you are. So if you're, although some people could have a positive thought about their phone. So it could feel positively. It. Yeah, I was just talking about this as well. <laughs> I apologize, people, but th- who knows with this conversation, there'll be some space, some breathing room between it. You know, but you can anchor anything, you know, yeah. so you can actively start to anchor different aspects of your life to whatever the heck you want. Yeah. But most of us, I think we are kind of just at the whim of the peripheral reality as opposed to kind of taking control from the inside part. And that part, I kind of feel like that silence piece is really valuable. Mm. It's so valuable. I've been, so I've been thinking a lot about this because I've been, I've been thinking if if we could actually like put a title to it or a name on it, like whose life are you actually living? Because how much of your day are you, I I think it was, um, it's 95% of what you do throughout the day is from what you did yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's a pattern that we're running and then 5% is decisions that you're already making. And then it's probably the same decisions that you're, or 5% is decisions that you get to like have freedom over 
making, which would be like, what kind of coffee do you want today? Right. Or something like that. But then the even those decisions. are probably thinking about that for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the sugar from yesterday is just like, this yeah. is what you're having. Yeah. <laughs> do you have, when you, do you get to use like Venice language, you know, or Santa Monica, like downloads, like voices oh, yeah. in your head kind of Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. Do you listen to them? Do I listen to my downloads? Yeah. The, the voices. I always listen to my downloads. I, are you talking about like, do I get, do I feel like I get downloads? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not like on the podcast. No, but like, <laughs> no totally. Bitch, I get downloads. Oh my God. So when I'm in SoulCycle, which I told you I was in SoulCycle today, I swear to you, I plan my whole event off of downloads, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote, um, like from SoulCycle, because I think they get you in, I, I, that's the place where it's almost like, um, your body's moving so much and I don't have to think because they're telling me what to do and it's dark. And I think I'm also experiencing like, uh, the, the energy of everybody else in the room. So for me, it's, so you feel how you want about soul cycle. For me, it's like, I just, I see visions in there. So I literally follow them like for, mm. um, for bliss project, which I do every single year. Um, I will, I'm always like, what am I going to do for the opening? Like, how am I going to open this up? Cause I always try to do something kind of like big or fun or exciting or something that I haven't done before. Um, and I'm always like, what am I going to do? And it's usually about three months out. And I start, once you start asking the right questions, right? Because I start asking the question, what should I do to open? Like, I want this to feel like this or, and you get in that constant question or that space. It's crazy how you can, Truly, once you get the right question in there, the answer will eventually come. Hmm. I think we're always missing like the right question. So I'm always super cautious and curious about the questions I'm asking. Um, so about three months prior to Bliss Project, which is a big annual event that I do with like 500 women from all over the world, um, I really start honing in on, it's just like I start focusing in. Do you do that before events or before oh, you speak? Yeah. Like you're just so Dude. focused in that. Every, every piece of content that's coming into your space could apply or is telling you yeah. like something about what you're about to do, which is so crazy. Um, so I was in soul cycle and about three months prior, I was like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to sing. I've never sang. Like I do karaoke, but I was like, why on earth am I getting this download? You know, when you get it and you're like, no, 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 not, not for me. Except I could see it so clearly. I was like singing. I will survive. But I rewrote the words like in this vision, I was like rewriting the words. I'm like, it won't be, I will survive because survive is not enough. Like we're here to thrive or rise or something. And it was with three other women. And I literally could, one was to my right. I had never like asked her to do anything outside of talk to her at soul cycle. And she is a I knew she was an opera singer, but she was a Grammy award-winning opera singer. And I just randomly invited her into my vision. I was like, Hey, I know this is crazy, but I really think that we're supposed to like sing together at my event. Can I tell you more about it? And she was like, absolutely. So she came in another girl, Monique, um, Benabu. Do you know who that is? I know the name. I don't know. Her. Um, she's an amazing singer. I was like, how do you make yourself sound good yeah. when you're not that great? You surround yourself with amazing people. And then there That's was true. this other girl who I just like felt this connection with, um, on Instagram. And she would message me sometimes cause she would listen to my podcast and she's this country singer in Toronto. And I was like, oh, I've never done country before. How cool would it be to have an opera singer? Like Monique is just like this soulful, like mindful, like I, I don't even know how to describe her singing. And then a country singer. How cool is that? And then me. (laughs) And I I was like, it's all about creating what you wish existed. And the whole uh, premise of the event this year was to give yourself permission. So I was like, 
if I'm going to ask them to all give themselves permission to be the biggest version of them, what does the biggest version of me look like? And that was the ultimate fear that I had is like, who am I to put myself in a scenario where I'm singing and performing in front of these women? Like, what if they come and they think, oh my God, what she invited us all here to listen to her sing? Like all of these things came through my head and I was like, but if they don't see me step in and do the thing that I've always dreamed of, that I need to give myself permission to be, how will they ever know what that looks like? So it was a really, let's fast forward to the moment. I was just like, what the hell am I doing? Um, but also felt really like grounded and supported by these women. They were just like, you're supposed to do this. They Mm. just like jumped in on the vision. It was like the coolest experience ever to like be so surrounded by these artists and then know you always had this artist inside of you that you, you know, but you didn't quite let it out. And it's so important to go, um, surround yourself with those people and those ideas of what that download or vision is. And then you just kind of watch it come alive. I have this cockamamie kind of theory that we're all essentially like tuning forks or antennas, yeah. you know, and this is based off of other crap that I read. I didn't make mm-hmm. this up. You know, but we're all antennas mm-hmm. essentially, you know, and the more in tune you are in, you know, maybe from like a mechanical perspective, like alignment of your body, yeah. you know, or alignment of your vision, alignment, you know, whichever, you know, emotional alignment, all, all the different forms of alignment. Mm-hmm. I think the more in tune you are to be able to receive those voices, mm-hmm. those messages, those downloads. Totally. You know, and I, I feel, it feels to me like, have you noticed that with yourself? Oh yeah. I, and I will especially notice like if I'm, when I was uh, writing my book, I had to watch like, even like how much alcohol I drank because I would notice my tuning fork. <laughs> we'll right. Use the languaging was like, why do we do that? I, I don't know. I was like, I wouldn't hear, I wouldn't hear what I needed to hear. I, I would show up to my, you know, keyboard and just be like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew that I had to support myself. Like what I say to myself is if you want this, like you have to support the vision. So what is supporting the vision for you look like? Um, and a lot of times it starts with food and movement and prayer for me. Like, I wonder why it is that so many people kind of choose mm, like paths that end up blurring them. Is it like a numbing type thing? Oh, and I would watch myself do it. Like I would watch myself in like in the middle of my book, I didn't, and I'm not one of those people who they're like, oh, were you afraid? Were you afraid of the success? I was like, hell no, bring it on. But there was a part of me that was like, um, you know, parts of those things that I just mentioned came later, which was interesting because I didn't think I had them. Um, But in the middle of my book, it was like, I just like self-sabotaging habits were coming in. I was just observing how much I would either like go for my like fourth cup of coffee. Like who needs four cups of coffee? You know, who needs like the second chocolate bar? Like, no, I really need this chocolate bar before I can write again. Totally. What? Like really random things like that. Or all of a sudden I would become this professional cleaner of my house. Oh man, my house is so clean. Oh yeah. The cleanest (laughs) home ever. It was like. Cleaning shoelaces. Exactly. That shoelace will not do. (laughs) Not right. (laughs) Ruining my whole vibe. Finish this chapter with that shoelace like that. Why are you or like organizing the most random drawer right now that you have not thought about in two years? Yeah. Do you know the Stephen Pressfield book, the uh, the War of Art, Art War, however it goes? War of Art. I always make. I always just guess and hope it's right. War of Art. War of Art. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because there's another one, the Art of War. Yeah. That's what he's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of. So that that resistance thing. I just I just don't. uh, I wonder what like the seed of that. Like why wouldn't we all just be like fuck yeah like do the right thing. 
Mm, Why is it like that we one have of my that resistance? Topics. Oh, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it really is. I, re- I literally wrote about this chapter about his book in in my book because I was so obsessed with it after, like how re- the forms of resistance that come. Like, yeah, it's insane, and it's so interesting because the resistance has so much to teach us. And also, I so I also found that the resistance would make me procrastinate, um, and I would be procrastinating, but in things I was really good at as well. So at this time, I also had different um, pieces of my life, like of my career, that I knew I could go and turn on again, um, that would make me feel like I was successful. Such as like in my network marketing business, I knew that I could go and do certain things that would bring in a lot of customers, that would then bring in a lot of money that would then make me feel good. And I could hit different goals. Cause there were so many markers I could hit in network marketing. Yeah. You can just keep going. There's it's unlimited. And I would observe that I knew I could go back to that and turn it back on and like watch it go up. But I also knew that good, like being really good at something was blocking something that I knew was coming through that I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So like letting go of what you know you're really good at. And then there was this whole other world of knowing that I could go and get a hit off of, um, and you guys, my, my life did not used to be this way. So I just want to clarify that, that once I learned there's kind of like this method to these things, I knew I could go and get attention in the fitness world too, at this point, because I knew that I had the relationships and the things where I could maybe go and get in a magazine or get another cover. But that took so much energy and effort to go market yourself and go and do that. It's, it's like I was observing how I would go back to the things that I learned how to be really good at, but they would keep me right there. Yeah. And I, I, I could stay there forever, but it's like the toddler came back that inner toddler. Who's like super angry, who like kicks its feet and screams because it's time to move on. Like it's time, but you keep going back to the things that you're good at because it gets you either attention or it gets you money or it makes you feel like you're moving the needle when those parts of your life are done. And you can tell because that energy is not there around it. Like it's, it's, it's just kind of like, you're not super excited to do it. It's not really fulfilling anymore. Um, and you're feeling like this new idea is trying to come through and you're not paying attention to it. So it's, it's that, um, is it the gospel according to John, that quote that says, um, do you know which one I'm talking Mm -mm. about? If you, if you don't bring forth what is within you, what is within you will consume you. Mm. Like, if you don't bring forth the download that's coming, even though you can't see it clearly yet, if you don't go after it, then it will consume you whole. Like it will destroy you. And that's where I think the resistance comes in. It's just kind of like the pain is there to tell you to move forward or move on. But as humans, we get so attached to what we know and what feels good, but it's also what will destroy us in my opinion. So how do you clear the hallway for the, for the the thing to come out? you have to keep asking like the question around it and making space. Oh my God. So for me, if I don't make room, like if we stay in the noise, so if we stay in the social media constantly, if we don't give ourselves time to like meditate or go be alone or go, you know, be with people who make us think next level. Um, if we keep consuming ourselves with the old thing that gives us the hits, that we're desiring or like keep us busy your old trophies. It like is going to somebody's house. Like, well, you got a whole room of <laughs> trophies. Did he bring his the trophies over do you do with that room? What are you... <laughs> They're like, we wanted to give him this gift, <laughs> but he was holding You're all these trophies. You're going to stay there today. It's the guest room with my trophies. <laughs> it is. 
So, okay, so this is really interesting because coming from the, the fitness world, like I used to compete all the time. I competed for six years. Like I would do like four competitions a year, which really meant I was just on a diet forever yeah. and I was angry right. like all the time for six years of my life. That's all that meant. Um, and, and I... Like so many people, I, I still see even 10 years later, like they're still in that world because it's hard to, it's, it's like hard to know when to let go of something or when to pivot. And for me, I remember what year it came and I, I competed another year after that, but I remember the year it came and I was like, wow, this is just, this is just getting really hard and this is just not like fulfilling me anymore. And this, I don't know why I'm doing it. Like you forget why you're doing it. And no matter how hard you try to get back into it, like you can't figure out why you're doing it. Mm. Um, and I also knew that something else, like my interests were going elsewhere, but it felt so scary to let go of that. Not just because of what it was or it brought attention or anything like that, but because my, all of my friends were in it. Like anyone, everyone that I had gotten close to, Um, my coaches, like I just felt so immersed into this, like for lack of a better word, like tribe of people that I was scared to leave because it meant starting over again or abandoning people or what are they going to think of me? You know? Yeah. How does a person start? So like you mentioned, like you had like the connections and stuff to get into the, the magazines Mm -hmm. and how does a person start that path of, cause you know, it's like, it's who, you know, not what, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of both. It's com- I think it's a combination too. You know, but if you're just at your house all day, like studying up and not actually connecting with people, mm-hmm. then, you know, I think the hallways kind of stay fairly, mm-hmm. fairly narrow. Um, that's such a good question because I, it, this is something I always tell people, like you have to put yourself in the places where those people are over and over and over. Um, so what I would do is, I would go and number one, I would ask women who had been on covers before because my goal like for a really long time um, in my 20s, 20s was to get on covers of magazines because for me as a little girl, I literally carried magazines around with me and like I would hold their covers like all the time because I was obsessed wow. with them. Why do you I think know. that was? Sorry. Um, <laughs> because they, to me, they exuded... It, to me, if, if you looked that strong and if you were that strong and if you were that powerful, like it represented freedom to me, like you just must feel so confident and like free, just looked like confident freedom. And it was opposite of what I was. I did not feel, and I, and I felt like, I think when you're little, like you're a little kid, like, I think I just felt like you know, people must like you then you must be popular. Cause I didn't have a lot of friends and I grew up in a really, um, like restrictive religion and I was homeschooled. So I just did not have friends. So I think to me, it represented just all of that. Like you must be happy. I and don't know. Eventually you arrived to, to excessive dieting and, and anger. To the and it was really awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is I mean. amazing. <laughs> it was actually a low, like, and, and I, this is a, cra- it's a crazy story because it was actually a low, it was a low point for me when I started winning competitions because you now are doing the thing, but without the hope that it will change you. Right. So now you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Now what? And that was a beautiful spot for me to be, to have won one year I ended up winning after. So this was after I competed for about almost four years before I won anything. And then something clicked in my head that I started to understand why, like I started to enjoy the journey more and I started to enjoy the women in it and the people in it. And I was teaching them how to get on stage. And it's a crazy thing that when you start to teach 
people, you really start to understand what you're actually doing. Yep. And for me, I, I taught for a year, like how to get on stage and what it looked like and why are you actually doing this? And I would listen to these women and they'd tell me why they were doing it. And I'm like, oh man, you can't do it for that reason. You'll never be able to do it. And then you hear yourself talk and you're like, wait, am I, do <laughs> why am I doing it? So I think I started to understand and literally that year, everything flipped for me. And I ended up, um, winning three world championships that year. Like it had never been done before. Yeah. Um, and to me, it was almost, it was almost completely surreal. Cause I was like, how is this happening? But my energy had shifted around it. Um, but I remember winning those cause two of the titles I won in the same, like, um, it was at the same, uh, competition and I went up to my room and I was like, Oh my God, like, this is kind of the top. Like you can't, you, that's never been done before. And that probably won't happen. I mean, it might happen again, but I was like, you should be feeling really like proud of yourself and excited and like this should be amazing but it felt like number one it felt scary because it felt like the end like where do you go from here like you have fixed your life on this thing and you just got it and now it's got to only be downhill like it was just this really interesting moment for me and it was also a moment of like, this is definitely not it, but I didn't know what was on the other side and what was on the other side just felt like another massive uphill. Cause I had just spent how many years trying to dig myself out of who I thought I was to become this person who I didn't necessarily feel like it's just really, yeah. How does a person come to a point where they're not just continuing like climbing the next, you know, hedonic hill? You know, oh to get man! To the top mm -hmm. and be like, oh crap! I'm oh another fell summit. I would love to just <laughs> like that's give like the somebody point of humanity. I don't know. I think <laughs> that's it's. What we do. I do think it's part of the point. I really do because <laughs> like okay, evolution. so this year is so interesting because that's so that's my like question. How do we get to the point where we are still? accomplishing because that's what we desire and we what our soul wants to experience but how do we also like enjoy the mm -hmm. in-between of what is not yet <laughs> happening yeah. um and i would love to tell people that there's like a way to figure that out and just to be present and enjoy the moment and blah 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 but i really think if your soul requires like getting the thing that you thought was everything and then hitting your, like your all time low. Like you might need to do that a few times. I did. I I don't think there's a way to skip it. Like I, if it's, if that's your path. Yeah. So I do think there's ways to learn faster by, I think surrounding yourself by people who are definitely, um, are looking at life as really making sure that you enjoy every day. I think that that's super helpful so that you're not, um, surrounded by people who are just so focused on an end goal or just super driven and never satisfied. Um, but they also have a place in your life, I think. Yeah, um, I agree. but I think that just realizing, honestly, it's that, that goal is so beautiful. And I think, vital if it's placed on your heart but if you don't enjoy the in-between like you only get a day or two at the goal really right some people get a week maybe i don't know who they are but it's usually like a day or two at the goal you're like wow this is amazing and then you move the mark again yeah the the bible talks about like not worshiping false idols mm -hmm. um and like that's i think that's exactly what those those goals are mm -hmm. you know and I, it's it's interesting like you come to the point and then you finally like meet your god yeah which is what you've been devoting the last 
maybe 10 years of your life to. It's like yeah. essentially what you're worshiping. Totally. You pray about it. You do your manifestation thing. You really about it. are. You have it written all around your wall. Uh-huh. It's more God than God. Yeah. You know, for most people, like totally. you know, it's more of their religion. Like, yeah, I go to church once a week for, you know, 30 minutes. And then the rest of the day, I'm just praying on this other God. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. I can literally put myself back in points of my life where I've done that yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. meet. So it's, yeah, it's just... Have you gotten to anything of like the under some bigger God kind of, kind of. What do you mean? Something that's like that all of those, those false gods are riding on top of. I mean, I think mm. you kind of already answered it in the sense that it's like, I don't know, but. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, what's crazy is I really just, I think that if you can make here, here's the place that I'm in exactly right now. If you can make a good day and like start to, I love the word equanimity. Like if you can start to just like be good when you're like sad and like let sadness be sadness and enjoy that it's sadness. Like, um, Mm. enjoy that it's a contrast to the good because I'll never be able to get to the good if I don't be in the sadness and like ask the lesson and all those things. Like, why is this feeling visiting me? But I heard this beautiful Chris, Chris told me this quote yesterday and I just have been hanging on it. Um, and I don't know who says it. So if you know who says it, let me know. Um, but it's, um, happiness comes and goes like the wind. So you might as well do something interesting in between. And I was like, Oh my God. So I'm in this place of just trying to put together days that I really enjoy. So right now I'm learning Italian and I'm oh, playing cool. guitar. Like, nice. so just for like 20 minutes a day, but I'm, I'm doing something interesting in between. So even when I'm sad, it's okay to be sad. Just do something interesting. Like, okay, I still have my guitar lesson. Awesome. Yeah. Right. But I'm having a shit day or I don't feel like I'm feeling super awesome today. And, and that's called being a human. And I think when we try to force that out is when we struggle and when we're like just in resistance, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Because you're human and like, it's impossible to stay in the happy. And why, why should you like, yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah. It would be weird. I cut you off when you were talking about like building the tribe, building relationships and all that stuff. That's a question that I get. I'm sure you, you get, I, I bet exponentially more than I do because what you talk about, um, people from random places, you know, corners around the globe. Yeah. And they're like, great. Well, you live in Los Angeles and you mm-hmm. go and hang out with like the on it people. And have totally, all these weird, like, totally. you mm-hmm. know, your tribe is so obvious, mm-hmm. you know, but what about me in like Northern New Jersey? That's like, I don't, no one thinks like this. Mm-hmm. I love this question okay. because you know, I lived in the Midwest <laughs> till I was 31. Yeah. Right. So when we were built, this is so cool because yesterday I was talking to um, Chris's uh, trainer, Abe, at Equinox, and we were sitting, which is just a California thing to say, by the way. <laughs> just, yeah. So we were sitting there and he was saying, I love hearing about when you guys lived in Minnesota because he goes, I really think that Minnesota right. really made you guys. And I was like, it did make us. So we sat and talked about how it was like living in the Midwest was this beautiful opportunity to not only understand so much about um, you know, when we come out here, what people think when they're in the Midwest of like the coasts and how much easier it is here, but also the opportunity that you have when you live in places that are not super saturated with your tribe. There is a lot of different, number one, you're, you are truly, I believe being made like you're becoming like 
I don't know, for lack of a better analogy, like you're becoming a diamond. It's like you're, you're under pressure. You're in circumstances that aren't super ideal. And it's like, you get to really figure out who you are. I think in those situations when you're, um, you know, your circumstances are not ideal, you can get really, really clear on who you are and what you're made of. Um, you can get really clear on what helps keep you really grounded. Uh, cause when I was in Minnesota, I did not like have a tribe. I had to build, I literally had to build it person by person. And it's like, how do you build, um, a tribe of people or find like-minded people? And for me, it was like offering things that are, that I wanted to be in. So I had to be, I had to create what I wish existed back there for sure. Like that, that became such a staple for me. So I was like, oh, I'd love a group of women to work out with. Okay. Well, this really doesn't like, I don't know where it exists. I'm sure it does. Cause we can't ever say that. Cause it's funny that they exist everywhere. You just have to oftentimes put it out yourself. Yeah. So I created this group of people to work out with. I ended up, um, opening a one-on-one training studio that I only taught one-on-one for a long time. And I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of lonely. Why don't we do group stuff? Wait, why don't I hold women seminars here? Why couldn't I do that? Wait, why don't I hold like different gatherings here where people want to come if they want to? I mean, I did crazy stuff. It was like, oh, if we all want to swap our clothes, why don't we do that? Like, I just would create what I wish existed. And a lot of times I was showing up to a class where no one was showing up. Like I would literally have classes by myself many a time, (laughs) so many times. And this is the part that people don't want to do. They don't want to do it or they give up and they're like, I tried that. I can't tell you how many people have written me about my book and been like, I tried what you said in the book and it didn't work. And I'm like, how many times did you try it? And they're like, uh, twice. I'm like, okay, so maybe you missed the part that said I tried this 50 different times or more, like Mm. just sending out messages because you you, you literally, it's almost like law. It's almost like the law that if you continue to do it, you will get some result that will give you enough feedback to either change what you're doing or that will start bringing in what you're looking for. Mm. What do you feel like you're looking for now? What am I looking for now? Um, (laughs) I am looking for, you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for more, um, contentment with being, but I'm finding that in order to be content, um, I need to be creating more. So I need to, I'm making more space to create, mm. like just be creative. Yeah. It feels kind of sort of like, so since moving to LA, LA has like a very distinct like flavor yeah. of sorts, you could say. Oh, it's for so- sure. <laughs> Being it's from a- the Midwest, it's like, right. I was like, it's Whoa! so good. People from, from, I love like, so I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is yeah. like Amish country, like furniture totally. and shoe fly pie and crap Amazing. like that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were also like one of the biggest cocaine scandals was in the Amish anyway. Well, of as course. Well. So there's, there's a balance. It's getting young. <laughs> um, but so that, the, the interesting flavor of LA feels to me as though like there's this continual state of like looking to what's, what's better. Mm. You know, and so it's like that's I've heard a joke from somebody else like in L.A. comparing it to like San Francisco but in L.A. It's like when you're having a conversation with somebody, there's like this continual kind of like looking over their shoulder and like, mm. oh, is that? Oh, 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 totally. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I, so I feel like it kind of puts each person into kind of this state of like there's this potential threat of abandonment. You know, if if I don't show up in such a way or I don't provide this much value, which is like Mm -hmm. a word that's used a lot, you know, then what am I good for? Mm -hmm. I'll just be left. You know, so it kind of keeps people in this kind of, I think, state of like 
I don't know, like fight flight ish mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the relationships in LA? Um, and you don't need to shit on them. I'm not even trying no. to shit on them necessarily. No, I, I think that they've really shifted for me and I've noticed it's when I shifted. Um, it's funny because when I first came here the first year, I was really lonely because I didn't, I had a really bad attitude towards people here. <laughs> I didn't even know I had it. Like I just was like, Oh, people here are flaky. They're really in it for themselves. They are. I, I was taking networking as bragging because Midwest, like don't, talk about what you do like we don't start a conversation with what do you do like ever it's always just right, like it's, it's like how's the Here weather and then common, it's like, like oh i'm sick and you know i'm yeah. just okay um, i'm like i'm being kind of, kind of honest weasel around it sometimes i'll be like what do you enjoy in your life to earn money <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like you what i do like for work like, yes <laughs> tell me what you do like, see if we have something gambling? in common. <laughs> yeah. What are you asking me? <laughs> what do I enjoy? That's why we're having this conversation so I can understand how to make friends. Exactly. <laughs> hey, remind me, please, because I can become a hermit easily. Um, so I, what I didn't realize is how important it is to actually um, kind of like declare what you do or what you're about because you are now... Uh, like networking with people, not only for like business, but also friends. And that can also be blurred. Do you know what I mean? Cause you want to hang out with like-minded people, Yeah. but then you realize sometimes that like I realized for a while, this has been my last probably six years is I have been trying to build this community of people who will support me in business because as an entrepreneur, it's like you want friends who are also like-minded with that because it's hard to hang around people who don't get it. Yeah. And it's like, you're always either Um, you know, my conversations were a lot around like, where are you going? What are we doing? Like, what's next? What could we build together? Like just bigger, bigger, bigger. And it really played a big role in my life. But then I realized this last year, um, while all of those people are amazing, I didn't have the people to just go and be with like where I'm not needing to add value. Kind of like what you said, where I'm not needing to show up in a certain way. And, and I'm really mindful that this is all a story in my head too, that I'm hearing a lot of things saying, I need to be this way around this person and that person. And it's not that I would have to be, it's that that is kind of what we built that relationship on. So this is a lot of what I talk about in my book is, um, making sure that you also are kind of, uh, having this group over here that you can just be with, or maybe these are your workout people, or these are, you, you just have to understand and set the, um, almost like expectation on the relationship or, or release, not release the expectation, but understand what each role each person plays in your life and like, be okay with that. And yep. no, cause for so long I was upset that it's like, okay, well these women are just over here and they, they, you know, they're my business building friends, but I can't necessarily go have a cocktail with them and be super goofy. Like, that's not the role that they're here for. So then a lot of people write them off. Like I know a lot of women tend to, we want our friends to be, and this is a general statement. So forgive me here. I'm generalizing, but many of us that I've talked to, we want them to be everything for us. Like if you're going to be my best friend, you have to check every single box. And what happens is we end up not having a best friend because they're going to disappoint us because they're not going to be able to play every role for us. So I started to realize like, okay, 
this, these are my super spiritual friends over here and they play this role. But then I have these friends over here that I can just go and like, I don't have to be anything or anyone and I can just be whatever. And I can like not have to, you know, add value or show up in any way. And then there's this group over here who are my fitness friends. And then these people are in my network marketing friends. And, and that has freed me up so much, um, to really know, uh, or, or to feel more supported in my entire life. Have you ever had the experience of some, something happens to you in your, whatever your business or your kind of social platform or whatever. And then all of a sudden you'll get like this spike of interest from people, you know, people mm-hmm. start calling you up and like, Oh my God, it's been so long. It's like, because they, you know, there's like this seat, like they, they saw you on this thing. Oh, I saw you on Joe Rogan's podcast or something mm-hmm. like that. And they're like, Whoa, like, Whoa. Mm-hmm. like there's like, okay, connect with that person because yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, I think it would be really valuable for people, especially people that are putting so much energy into creating like a, a social identity and such. But I think is there's, it's really valuable. You know, it's like, it's, it's, I think it's great. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an amazing tool. Um, but I think there's also something to like going through some type of, have you ever felt like you've lost everything type sensation? Like I've, I'm relating this to kind of like a, I think it'd be great if people that have like a million followers on Instagram some mm. glitch in the system happened. We're like, well, now mm. you have 207. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. When Instagram wasn't <laughs> like, working the oh, other no. day, All I was like, what are start people dropping doing off? right now? Like, no one likes me anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> totally. I can't blow up their social media profile. <laughs> totally. Oh, we just, when, when Instagram didn't work for that day, I'm sure where you, did you hear about it? No, no. <gasps> I have. You? Oh, yeah, someone <laughs> told me about this. Yeah. Well, good for you for not knowing about it. I'm good. proud of you. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Chris and I were talking and I was like, what are some people doing right now? Because some, also some people's <laughs> income is like only, they only sell on Instagram. Right. So right. it's like, I thought of people who launch on this day. I thought of people whose like social sure. identity is on this day. I was like, Oh, on this day, you know what I'm saying is, is wrapped around it. And I was like, Holy how crap. bad? Cause I, I mean, I check my, I'm not trying to, I'm not like Jesus. I, I check my freaking <laughs> Instagram multiple times a day yeah. what was the issue because i got a oh message my God. It's from ridiculous. one of my no the it just didn't they're like it's it's weird it was I'm still like, like loading you just wasn't loading like new stuff oh. so to like oh, i didn't notice the average person it looked like it was working but you couldn't like the comments weren't loading under anything uh, um normally i don't get any comments so i don't even worry you were like oh it's another day <laughs> Apparently nobody liked this post again. Once again, nobody cares. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh well. Um, have I ever experienced? Are you are you asking? Have I ever experienced like like feeling like I've lost everything? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, if we're not in social media world, right? Like no, in no, life. no. I'm just thinking uh, it would be of great value for a lot of people that put so much of their identity oh. into that kind of alter ego in a sense. Oh man. To be like, what happens if you just lost all that for like a month? Well, I've, Chris and I have lost all of our money, our home and our cars Damn. all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Um, so that was definitely that. Um, what it happened? feels so we, so I'm trying to think. I was 27 and uh, it was 2007. So he was in mortgage and finance and I was in, you remember the crash yeah, in yeah, 2007? Yeah. And um, oh, once again, I was like living in Hawaii, like surfing and I didn't even really notice. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Like I literally am like, <laughs> like okay, tell me the, the ways. <laughs> worst financial. Like, like, I, yeah, yeah. I was still enjoying I didn't have life. any money. So it wasn't really, it didn't really You're impact. Like, gotta be honest. I was still enjoying, <laughs> still enjoying <laughs> Okay. So, um, 
at this point I'm trying to think I think we had been together like three or four years and we'd been married a couple of years and he uh at a young age was uh so good in the finance world like he started growing really really fast so what was happening is we were young and stupid and he was getting moved around a lot so every time we would move there's also the whole I don't know if you remember the idea like oh buy a bigger home because then when you sell it and we knew we were buying new homes every year because we were getting moved that much sometimes more than that so we would buy a bigger home to make money off the home and then we would get whatever so here we are two kids just bought a, a it was our biggest home at that point that we had bought two people living in like a five bedroom home like massive yard just this massive home like new cars spending money faster than it was coming in because it was literally it would be like i'm not kidding you like a raise every month like it was just like Hmm. it's what we knew like we were just like oh we're making more we're making more we're making and in the midwest you make we were making way more than like people in their you know 40s 50s 60s and it's like we just assumed that would always be there yeah right and all of a sudden it was um Chris was going into work and he was like, Oh my God, we started, we were talking about like what it was feeling like and what was coming. And, and he, he got asked to start laying closed down offices. So he was managing, um, like four different States at the time in the Midwest. And they were like, okay, so we're going to need you to start flying every day and closing down offices because we're going to start running tighter. Don't worry. It's not going to affect you at all. And we're like, Hmm we know this is like eventually going to affect us. We started to see what was happening. And so every day his job turned from making more money and like building these teams and managing these people and money going up. And we're just like, wow, what's happening? This is so amazing. Um, to you get to go and fly for the day and go tell some guy or yeah, most of them were all men at the time. I don't think any women were running the branches, um, that he has to close his branch. And so Chris's job, I don't know if you've ever seen Up in the Air with George Clooney, but that's basically what his life became. Chris, uh, for the whole year, had to go and tell people that they were fired, knowing that this was coming for us soon. And it was like the worst. He put on 30 pounds. We were miserable in our marriage. We were super depressed. Um, We the money wasn't coming in like it was. It was like he was waking up at four in the morning to go and fly and have some grown man cry for real, like cry and tell everyone they didn't have a job. It was like the worst year of his life, but he also was so afraid because he didn't feel like he was good at anything else. So his identity was so wrapped up in this. And then the money that it was like, I felt like I was watching my husband just like, I didn't even know who he was. Like I did not even recognize him. So when it finally came time, they offered us either a severance package or to go live in Jersey. And I was like, I was like (laughs) not going to Jersey. So I was like, let's take the severance package. And I remember we, we went on a walk after it happened and he was just like a shell of a human being. And it was this moment where I was like, holy shit. Like I have this choice right now. And I wasn't doing training or fitness or anything because I was afraid I had terrible like anxiety attacks and I was on different medications for it. And And I was like, oh my God, I have to face like my fear and like buck up and go make money for us because he needed to like heal, you know, and I could see that because he just didn't even know who he was. And he felt like such a, we had to borrow money from his parents so that we could even get another place to live. Hmm. Um, So we were in debt, like $350,000, which in the Midwest is about 5 million um, out here. (laughs) 
And so did you have to like foreclose in the house or something? Oh yeah. Foreclosed on the house, sold the cars, sold all of our furniture on Craigslist. Damn. Yeah. Like completely started over in a one bedroom, tiny condo. 350 grand in debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was the interest rate? And I was doing makeup. I was doing makeup at Ulta. So, um, I was making like, uh, $1,100 a month. So, (laughs) so that wasn't going (laughs) to say. It was a great laugh. <laughs> so I couldn't even pay for anything. Yeah. Um, but I also knew this person was inside of me. Like I knew who I was and that's the whole goes back to the resistance thing. Like knowing who you are without doing the thing was eating me alive. And it's almost, it was, it's the best thing that has ever happened to us because he wasn't happy doing that in the first place. Um, he didn't feel like he was really contributing to anything, even though he was good at numbers. Um, but it was just this moment for me of like, oh my God, you have no choice. Like the pain of now not doing anything is far worse than the, you know, the fear of your anxiety or what's going to happen or having panic attacks. I was like, okay, whatever happens, like we're just, we still have to move. Like you still have to take action. Mm. Um, and I was so motivated because at this time, not only now was it like we had no money, but my family was always like a month away from being evicted. Always, always my parents always like, so for me, I was so motivated to not only make money for us, but then hopefully take care of them that it just was like a fire in me for like literally burned for like five years. Hmm. Um, and that path is a very long path, but, but it was the best thing that ever happened in my entire life. So what did you do from there? Okay. So from there, okay. So from there I ended up getting, um, my training certification cause I was like, I don't know where else to start, which was so painful and hard because I was, I was like homeschooled. I didn't even understand how to study. Like when I say homeschooled, it wasn't like, oh, you were homeschooled and you got A's and B's. It was like homeschooled and D's and F's. Like I basically just didn't even pass. So it was like <laughs> learning how to study and learning about the human body was so painful to me because I couldn't even focus because I never did. Like I was very, whatever I worked, uh, whatever job I had was always very physical and I was great at it. Like so good at physical labor, so good at figuring things out. But sitting down to study that was like, I'd I had tried to pass this test three times before and failed it. Mm. So I finally did it because I was like, I have no option. Like I know I'm supposed to be training people cause it's where my interest was. And I thought I could make more money that way, which, uh, like training on my own, you could. And so then I went to an LA fitness once I passed. That was my first job. Shut up. Yeah. $6 an hour per 30 minute session. I don't know what, what it was. <laughs> But yeah, I started working at LA Fitness when I was 16. Oh my God, that's amazing. Well, I was 26. LA Fitnessing (laughs) here in LA. (laughs) Totally. I I still do LA Fitness. Oh my God, so it played a big role in both our lives. Mine was 10 years after yours. (laughs) I was a slow slow starter, which is why I think I I had to speed up as I got older. (laughs) Um, So I started working there and just like got six months of massive, like I was booked from start to finish, like back to back. Um, cause I, I, I was like the only female trainer there, it, yeah. which was really crazy for a while anyway, until a little later. But I think that really played into totally. being great for me at the time. So, um, just got so much practice there. Like every, cause you know, LA fitness is literally every type of person. Yeah. And I just had, it, it was just back to back practice for me. And six months into it, I had this woman who was a chiropractor and she's like, she was younger too. She was 28 and she had just opened her own practice. And she was like, 
Um, you know, I would love for you to come and train me there. And I have this basement. It's totally unfinished, like really unfinished. Like, um, uh, what's the stuff called insulation on the walls, like exposed and the wires exposed. So just beams and insulation and like, you know, two by fours, that's the basement. Start from the bottom. Yeah, totally. For real. So she's like, if you want to come down there and trade, like you can, if you train me, I'll give you the space for a couple months until you can start paying me rent. I was like, done. Like two weeks I was moving in the, into that basement, awesome. went to target, got the, the, you know, the toddler, like that you put on the floor, like the squares, oh, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. don't the, like the, hurt themselves. The mats, right? the mats like literally got those, a, a not Bosu even the good ball. ones. You need got a Bosu a, ball. Had a Bosu. Oh, you bet. <laughs> I got a Bosu ball oh, too. <laughs> I was like, it, it was my stamp of approval as a trainer. I was like, I have a Bosu both yeah, sides up. Level. They were like 90, $95. <laughs> they weren't cheap. It was yeah, my it was expensive piece of equipment. So that's, that's really and then I got bands that have snapped in my face multiple times. Um, oh, this is the best part. Then I got um, like those mirrors that you put on the back of your door. Mm-hmm. I got three of those mm. and put them up like together and that's, one broke and I just cheap. left it broke, broke, broken. I left it broke for, good. for this, like the year that I was down there. You so could probably draw some kind of like metaphor, like breaking your identity oh, or something like that. that oh my been, God. This like, no, lesson, it's intentional. I bought the mirror broke. This was literally the best lesson ever. So I, I had put out on, um, we had put out on Craigslist and some other places that I was training. And the first, one of my first clients that pulls up, pulls up in this brand new Range Rover. And I was like, oh my God, I have to take her down to this basement and I'm charging. I I was like, I'm going to charge a lot for my sessions because I have to pay shit off. And I was like, and it's one-on-one. So she comes down and I'm like, oh, don't mind the construction while I'm remodeling. No intention of remodeling whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Zero dollars, $350,000 in debt. And so she stayed with me. Like she stayed with me years after that until while I had my own gym and everything. And it was like, but I just remember it was the moment it's, we have so many deciding moments where it's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm embarrassed. Or you just fucking buck up and you go with your story. And I was like, I'm just, this is it. Like, this is all we're doing. Like we're only focusing on what is like here and like what is, in the future and you're staying in that energy. And it was like, I, I couldn't go back after that. That feels like a really, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll wrap up kind of soonish. Cause I think it's time really flew. Is that right? Is it already 55? My time's yeah, still on Texas minutes. time. So I don't even know what hour it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just wear the watch. Right? <laughs> he just likes the watch. You know, it's like a really cool watch. So. I want to let the world know that I care about time, even though I don't care about time. <laughs> you need one of those fake watches. <laughs> It just says now on it. You know oh, no, it's about? too far. It's too far. I hate it. When, I want to punch anyone that I want to punch him in the throat. He's like my husband. Like, I, hate I can't. I hate you. Um, all right. So I think just something that's popping up with that, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, something that I've experienced is like shutting yourself down because mm. all I have is this, you know, like dungeon chamber to do the thing. Yeah. I can't work with a Range Rover person. Yeah. So I'll just shut that down completely mm. and wait until I pay off this $350,000, which is like, you know, maybe never going to happen mm-hmm. with that perspective. Oh, for sure. You know, so making yeah. that jump of just like, just do the thing, mm-hmm. you know, even though all I got is the, the insulation and the wires are hanging down. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those are the moments. So I, I literally call those moments like the fire and you can, if you stay in them, it will burn away like your old idea. And if you don't stay in it, like you're just going to go back to the old idea and live in it. Like, yeah. but that 
feeling where it's like so uncomfortable like all you want to do is hide or bury your head or flee like that's the opportunity so I always recognize the fire now like I'm literally like oh shit that's the fire Hmm. like it's it's the opportunity to if you stay in it it will it will burn away your old identity like it will burn Hmm. so bad that your old identity will like it won't exist anymore because you'll just be so like in the in the feelings of transformation. Like you, you can't stay in that feeling. You'll have to change. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. Like you will have to change. It's kind of like a fever in your body. Yeah. Like when I have a fever, I jump in the sauna and I'm like, let's fucking go. Yeah. Like I'll throw blankets over my head and I'm just like, all right, we're going to get real hot. Totally. (laughs) Like if I'm in it already, (laughs) if I'm going to be hot, I'm going to get real hot. Yeah. Try to like expedite this process. and I'll be sick for 24 hours as opposed to like, you know, longer. Totally. That, and that's kind of what it's like. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be so present in this or I'm going to go back and just be in the sickness forever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's amazing, but scary. You know I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start saying, I really know. I know. I know. <laughs> I really know. <laughs> I really know. I really do. I really do. <laughs> All right. This is so fun. Oh. Thanks for doing this. Oh, I, I really, loved it. Are I, you kidding? I greatly appreciate you, by the way. I greatly appreciate you. I'm not setting you up to you. say that you appreciate me. I appreciate okay. that. But I really just like listening to your podcast and um, especially this morning, I was like, as I was saying, um, I had like this voice in my head, the download. It was like, I really love Laurie. Oh, <laughs> I love that. But seriously. I really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you like, for that. I, I truly love our conversations. Like I love how you create a space for me to like be so open mm. and to just go there. And I feel like hopefully I can do that for you. Yeah. No, likewise. Yeah. Thank appreciate you so much. It. Where's well, the best place this. to point people? What's the, what's the, where um, people go from here? We can point them to... It's a great question. I mean, I love my podcast. Mm. Earn your happy. Oh, they can happy. listen to me on there. Oh my god, they, they can they, go and listen they don't to that. Want to hear me Actually, They've had enough. that was a fun one. I feel like maybe we got to like maybe they'll see you in a different way. Who knows? Oh, maybe so. Yeah, I think it was really good. I actually narcissistically re-listened to it. I know it was really good was because I have so many messages from it. I'm just saying. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice to hear that. that. Fun. All right, sweet. Um, so there, and then the book. The book, A Tribe Called Bliss. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that can help you find friends. So if you want to read that, Aaron, you can read that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I should probably get a watch. That actually sounds tough. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Over now. All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I am super excited to present to you guys the Align Method online program, which focuses on unwinding some of the deleterious effects of essentially staring into technology. So forward head posture, rolled forward shoulders, and just general collapsy postural patterns. And also gets into a movement guide and how to integrate better movement into your life. Uh, so you can check that out at alignpodcast.com slash align method, A-L-I-G-N podcast.com slash align method, or you can find it at the Instagram page, align podcast in the bio. Thank you to the folks that have grabbed the align band, heavy duty resistance band with a door anchor and a free video guide that goes with it. So you can actually just access the free video guide if you want, uh, just to get resistance band exercise in general. It's at alignband.com, A-L-I-G-N band.com. All right. Thanks guys so much for tuning in. Appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Pow.